Welcome to episode two of the Green Feed Podcast. I'm your host, Robert, and we got a great show today. First off, we're talking about the new Ping G425 that released out in um, Japan. And then we're also going to talk about the new Titleist drivers that uh, hit the USGA conforming list on Labor Day. So it's going to be really exciting and uh, let's get to it. All right, like I said, we have a very exciting show this week. Um, We're going to jump right into it. Uh, First thing I want to do is mention bourbon of the week. We are drinking a distillery out of Colorado. I want to say it's called Axe and Arrow, something along those lines. I'll uh, definitely post a link in the description to the bourbon, but uh, that's what we're having this week. So, uh, let's kind of move on, jump right into uh, what we are talking about. We got the G425 series. It's a, the newest ping driver from uh, this year. It's going to be what they come out with in 2021. It is actually releasing in about a week and a half over in Japan. So let's uh, let's talk about it. We actually have a whole new lineup from ping all the way from driver straight down to the irons. Um and like I said, the name's G425, so we're going to start with the driver and kind of see see what we're working with here. So the first thing I had uh, noticed about the new Ping driver was when, I, when it first came on the USGA conforming list was the bottom seemed real glossy and, and uh, shiny, which is kind of different from where Ping had been going. They used a lot of the matte finishes um, on their crowns and things, and I kind of wondered on my post if we were going to um, actually see a return to the glossy finish, but we haven't. Ping has kept that matte finish, and they've actually made a really good-looking driver and whole set of clubs. So um, we can talk about the looks, but honestly, the looks don't uh, make the ball go. So let's talk about some of the technology Ping is putting into into, uh, the driver this year. Um, We'll talk about all the clubs, but we're definitely going to start with this driver. So um, first thing is the weight is definitely changing from the G410. The G410 um, was the first driver ping introduced that had that uh, movable weight so that you could uh, change the flight of your shot from a draw to a fade to uh, down the middle. Um, they The 410 was their first one. They used the tungsten weight, and really it almost went all the way around the club, probably 160 degrees. Um The biggest change on this G425 is the fact that we've really reduced the way that or the amount that the uh, movable weight can actually move. We've really kind of taken it to the back of the club and it doesn't move very much. So a couple of things with that that we can try to assume. The first thing is going to be the fact that um, that weight probably weighs a little bit more. So we're moving some weight. We're not moving it as far, but we are moving that weight. So um, we're moving more weight, which is going to have a bigger effect. So you can have that bigger effect in a smaller area. Um, It's also much more prominent in the design. Um, The 410, it kind of sunk into the head and blended in really well. The uh, 425, it actually kind of sticks out the back a little bit. 
Um, I'm not saying it looks bad. I think it looks great, but um, definitely, a, definitely a change. Ping, Ping always tries just to hide their technology, and this one they're not really hiding. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely unique for them. Um, like I said, the weight doesn't move as far as it did in the past. So um, it's. I think the whole reason behind that is. Um, if you move the weight too much, you start affecting the moment of inertia, the MOI, and that can really affect the forgiveness. Um, so that's probably why they did that would be my thought is to, uh, they're going to be able to keep that MOI up while giving you the ball flight changes. So uh, it's pretty clear that they figured out how to make that change and get that those, those ball flight changes while not affecting the MOI. Um, the, the, Ping does a great job in their clubs of really increasing the performance of their of of the clubs from release to release, and they don't always make a big huge splash where they take a a big huge risk or something like that. Kind of like um, maybe you think Taylor made with the SLDR that that club had a lot of problems. Now it was a rocket launcher. Don't get me wrong, when hit well, but it definitely had had some issues. So it was just a small refinement. And, and so it didn't, it, it looks like ping is really moving forward with, uh, their movable weight technology, but they didn't want to rock the boat too much with this release. So the weight's a big change. Um, the next thing that they're doing with this 425 is looks like they are, um, changing the face up a little bit as well. They are going to make it hotter across the face. That's really what we talk about when we talk forgiveness is, uh, your your maximum ball speeds across more of the face and it looks like ping is uh working to get there um without doing anything too radical so um it's going to be modified to provide that ball speed um looks like they um based on some of the some of the things i saw on the japan website looks like they got some inverted cone technology which everyone's been doing for a long time but really um really trying to refine that face to make sure that we get that full um, ball speed across the whole face. It'll, it'll definitely be interesting to see what the copy says when it's not in Japanese, when it's actually um, in English so I can read it and understand it. Another big thing that ping does in terms of the stability of their club and the forgiveness of their club is the actual uh, dragonfly head. So that dragonfly head, um, it's an internal structure that they kind of leak out onto the um, leak out onto the crown, give it a little bit of a design element. That way, people can see the technology. People really respond well if they can see technology rather than just hearing about it. Um, they introduced dragonfly technology. What was it? Four generations ago, um, back on the G series. Um, so we've gone G. G400, G410, and now the G425. So it's clearly something that they believe in and something that they're able to use and uh, be successful. Um, like I said, it's coming in here again. Um, if you don't know what Dragonfly technology is, it's actually something that they uh, use to reduce crown weight and they can take like 8 grams or something like that off. And those 8 grams, what's really nice is you can use that weight somewhere else if you're able to use that weight somewhere else, you're going to really be able to uh, increase forgiveness and things like that. So um, they've used the 
the technology and they've really evolved it over the years and it actually is allowing them to make that center of gravity even deeper which just increases that MOI and in turn increases the forgiveness. So the other thing with the driver is is the fact that the looks have haven't really changed all that much. We've changed the color scheme. We went from the red and black to a real stealthy um, look. It's black and silver and some chrome on there. Um, it, it looks really nice. Um, it's It's got the shiny chrome on the bottom, which I'm not a huge fan of, but um, one of the most important things for, for golfers is um, shelf appeal. I know we like the we like to say that it doesn't matter to us. We'll play whatever, even if it's ugly. Um, but that's simply not true. I mean, there have been some really ugly drivers that just didn't get play because they were ugly. They didn't look good on the shelf. They did. They weren't cool. Um, so that that's something that's really important. Another big thing for a lot of people that are a no-go with ping drivers, the, the thing that makes them a real no-go for them is the fact that they have those turbulators on the crown, those raised bumps on the on the edge of the crown for um, for aerodynamic purposes. It helps reduce drag, increases club speed like that. I'm not the biggest fan of them myself, um, but overall, they they return on the 425. And overall, I I don't. It's not a. It's not the end all be all to me. So, Ping is really making some uh, no no major steps here, no major changes. We we have the Max line. We're gonna have the LST, and then we're gonna have the um, SFT. So the Max is gonna be their standard, kind of their standard driver, their standard. Um, 460 head, everything like that. It's it's going to be their, the one that most players fit into. Um, the SFT is their straight flight technology. So what that allows them to do is they really work the weight into the heel of the club. It really helps close that club face. Um, it's going to just help increase that, um, that, that getting the ball to turn over. For those guys who really hit those big slices, things like that. Um, the other one is going to be the LST, which is the low spin technology. And basically what that is, is that's going to be for the slightly better player. The player that needs to knock off as many RPMs as they can of spin to maximize that distance. So, um, like I said, not a huge change in technology in these. There's no groundbreaking technology. There's nothing too crazy. Um, basically, they've made the club have more forgiveness and they've increased ball speeds across the face. So, um, and we've, we've changed the, we've changed the weight on the back. So, um, doesn't look like they're doing too much upgraded color scheme, just make it incrementally better and go from there. So that's pretty much it for the drivers. Like I said, nothing too exciting. So, uh, let's kind of talk about the fairway woods, the fairway woods, they got some interesting stuff going on. So, Let's uh let's move on to that. All right, that fairway wood, the G four twenty five, um, is is the new lineup from new lineup from Ping on the fairway woods. Um, if we're being honest, the four ten really didn't do much for a lot of people. It it wasn't a huge game changer, right? The people who love Ping 
love the G G four ten. Um, it was a consistent performer from everybody that I talked to about it. Anyone I saw online that would talk about it, the people who had it loved it, but it wasn't one of those things where people were knocking down the door to get it like an RBZ was when it first came out or anything like that. Didn't change the game. Didn't revolutionize anything. Just a solid club from ping, which really is what you, you get from ping with most things. Um, you don't hear much hate when it comes to the, uh, to the G410 fairway wood. Now, while I said the driver didn't do much, it's hard to say the same for the fairway wood. Um, the fairway wood's really interesting in the, in the sense that the fairway wood is actually introducing some pretty big technology. And what that is, is the, they have wrapped the face of the club around the top and the bottom. So the face is a little bit thicker. Now you're probably wondering, what is that for? Um, why does that matter? Why is it important? And, uh, the, the biggest reason why is, uh, distance. It, it ping is saying they're getting the maximum deflection off the face with this technology. So if they're able to wrap that face around, um, it's, it's giving it a little bit more bounce, which is increased ball speeds. Um, Ping's not stupid. They know that that distance sells. We all know that distance sells um, when it comes to golf clubs. Nobody wants a club that goes shorter than the one that they currently hit. Um, so they know that they need to increase their ball speeds because if we're being honest, they may be a little bit, little bit behind the game on, in fairways when it comes to ball speeds. Um, we saw wraparound face technology with the Cobra Speed Zone in uh, 2020 this year. So... Um, where they milled that face all the way across the top. Now, they may be doing it for different reasons. I think Cobra did it for um, aerodynamic purposes, um, but but Ping is doing it to get that maximum deflection off the face. Um, that C300 margining steel that they use, um, it goes up onto the crown as well as onto the sole. Um, Ping, like I said, is claiming it increased ball speeds, maximum deflection. So... Um, it's a huge, it's, it seems like it's going to be the biggest piece of technology that we get from Ping in terms of their fairway woods or really any other club. Um, again, it's going to be really interesting to see what they have to say about this when those English marketing materials come out. And so I got to kind of wait on those to really give the full breakdown and we'll see a bunch of breakdowns from a bunch of people, uh, when that stuff finally does come out. But based off the, uh, G425 website, we're really looking at something that could change the game for pink. The other big thing that that wraparound face can do is provide consistent spin. That's pings cl claiming that this deflection will be more consistent and it will give you more uh, spin consistency or what they're calling spin consistency. Get ready to see that all over their materials this year when it comes to those fairway woods and those hybrids. Um, what they've done with that is they've redone the bulge and the roll on the face, which I know as soon as I say that, a lot of people's eyes just kind of glaze over and what the heck does that even mean? Um, what you need to know is that that's going to provide maximum carry and distance. They've really optimized that face to get the maximum amount of carry and distance out of the club. Um, but since ball speeds up, it will be more consistent. So, uh, with those ball speeds up, you're going to get a consistent uh, uh, distance every time. When we when we hit fairway woods, sometimes 
you'll hit a balloon. I don't know how many of you guys hit that real spinning fairway wood. Maybe you chunk it a little bit. Maybe you do something like that. Um, this is, they, they hope to be able to change that and get you some consistent spin the entire time. So that's really important. Um, the other bad thing that happens with fairway woods is you hit that, you hit that shot that feels really nice that, uh, you think is going to go up, land soft, but then what ends up happening is you have, um, no spin on it. It runs out 30 yards and it runs through the back of the green. And now you got a tricky downhill chip and trust me, that's not what you want at all either. So, um, that spin consistency, if they can, if they do that and get that maximum deflection, they got a real winner with this fairway wood. Now, like the driver, the fairway wood's going to have three different versions. You're going to have the max, which is going to be the standard. It's going to be the standard size, standard everything there. You're going to have the SFT, that straight flight technology. And then you're also going to have that LST. Um, the max, like I said, it's going to be, it's a standard size fairway wood. And what's interesting about the max is it's offered at a three, a five, a seven, and even a nine wood. So that's really going to give those slower swing players an incredible opportunity to uh, hit more greens and uh, get the ball up a little bit better. Now, with that being said, the max is, uh, it can be a little big. Some some better players may find it a little big. So what Ping has done is on their better player fairway wood, that LST model, they've actually reduced it to be slightly smaller. Um, the other interesting thing about the LST is the fact that it only comes in one loft. It's only going to be a three wood. You can only get it in the 14 and a half degrees. Now the straight flight technology flips the LST story and offers a larger head than the max. So the LST is going to have a smaller head than the max while the SFT, which is the straight flight, straight flight technology actually offers a larger head that head than the max will. So you have smaller standard then you have the large and what's interesting about the max and i find this part really interesting is the fact that it's offered in a three five and a seven um most of the time people who are playing a nine wood probably need something that's going to help them get the ball uh to turn over a little bit so i'm a little surprised that we um we're, we're not seeing a nine wood out of that out of that uh S uh the sft model um but what's nice about the SFT model is if a golfer's missing left but doesn't want to get something with a ton of offset, it's going to be great for them. Um, the larger head is going to provide quite a bit of confidence um, for some people. For, um, for me personally, something that gets too big um, makes me think that I'm going to chunk the heck out of the ball. So I kind of like that smaller LST head, but we'll definitely see when everything gets, gets in. Um, the larger head also allows Ping to pull that weight back and provide even more forgiveness. It should be a great club for those higher handicaps. Now on the driver, we talked about the fact that they had those turbulators and those turbulators can be a little, uh, they, they look bad to some people. Some people don't like them. Um, so the Ping Ford uh, G410 fairway wood did have turbulators, but since we're now wrapping that crown, uh, the face across the crown, we actually don't have room for turbulators anymore. So if that's always stopped you from getting these ping drivers or the turbulators that are introduced on it, you actually can take a look at those at the G425. That wraparound crown, you can't put turbulators on it. It affects the the uh, reflection rate. So that's going to be something great for 
for pink. I know a lot of people who just didn't like the G410 because it had those turbulators. So it appears that ping is realized that this wraparound face technology is much more important than the turbulators. Seems like the gains of those turbulators just are falling to the wayside of the gains of the wraparound face. So we're getting the wraparound face, no turbulators. I wasn't a big fan of it, but I think the new crown with that new alignment aid looks great. Now, I personally am a big fan of red. Um, anyone who follows me on Instagram or Twitter, or Facebook knows I my whole golf bag is red and my school's colors are red and white. So big fan of those. But um, changing from the red, white, and black to this all stealthy silver and black gray look, I, I got to say it looks good. So it's going to be interesting to see if that wraparound face can produce the ball speeds that are on the level of that Epic or Sim. If they can pull it off, it makes me very dangerous in the long run in terms of these fairway woods. These can be a real game changer for a lot of people. So now, now that we've talked drivers, we've talked fairway woods, let's get into some of the uh, shorter clubs. We, we don't necessarily have to address the top of the bag right now. We can actually address the middle of the bag when we talk about the G425 hybrids. So the, the hybrid club is not the sexiest club in the bag, right? Nobody, nobody ever gets excited to see a new hybrid or to see their friend's new hybrid. No one ever goes, oh, man, you got that new hybrid? I'm so excited to see it. Never happens. But hybrids are important. They, most good players have at least one in the bag. And they're not too uncommon on tour either. So when a company releases a new one, it is pretty noteworthy if we're if we're being honest with it. Now, continuing on that technology that Ping had in the fairway wood with the face tech, they are wrapping the face around on this hybrid as well. Now, what makes that important is when you're hitting a hybrid, you're typically hitting into a green you want it to hold a green or you're trying to uh, launch it high land it soft you want spin and that wraparound face is giving ping their spin consistency or their spin consistency so it's actually going to be really nice to have that technology in a hybrid hopefully what that means is you're going to be landing the ball on the green it's going to stop and won't roll out as far and you're just going to have a consistent yardage with your with your hybrid and that's really important to know that if you hit it and it hits the green, it's going to stop. They've also increased the bulge and roll on this one. So you're going to get that performance out of your hybrid that you're going to get out of that fairway wood as well. Now what's interesting about the hybrid is, or about this G425 hybrid is, they did a bunch of small tweaks to it. They don't seem like a lot, but it may actually be a fairly big thing such as on this club they've increased the moi that moment of inertia that i talked about earlier that is about the forgiveness of a club it really helps in the forgiveness the higher the moi technically the less uh, twisting it's going to do on a miss hit so it, it increases that um, forgiveness of a club they've increased the moi by five percent on the new hybrid i know it doesn't sound like a lot and honestly it's probably not but what they did was they just made the weight on the back of the club just a little bit heavier. Like it, it sounds super simple and it kind of is. Um, but it, I guess if it works, it, 
if it produces that higher MOI, then it works and you get more forgiveness. So consistent spin and ball speed plus a little bit more forgiveness, that sounds like a winner to me. Um, if you could get that to me in every single club that I play, I would m be more than happy. So, um, like I said, no huge changes to the club. We've increased the MOI by 5%. Um, but we have gotten that wraparound face that's going to just be a little bit more consistent than we expect. Um, what's interesting about this, though, is the uh, hybrid goes all the way down to a 7-iron. So you can actually have a bag that is hybrid 3, 4, 5, 6, and even a 7. And then all you need is an 8-iron, a 9-iron, and a pitching wedge which is crazy to think about a, a hybrid seven iron. I feel like that would just be, that would look wide open and you'd see so much of the face. And I couldn't fathom playing a, a seven hybrid. I, I currently play a four hybrid. And if it wasn't so, if it wasn't so damn easy to hit, I, I would go back to my driving iron, but it's so easy to hit for me. And I just love the way it, it performs, but I couldn't imagine. I hate the way my four hybrid looks because it just looks like, I'm going to hit the ball 900 feet in the air, but it ends up working for me. I couldn't imagine a seven hybrid. That, it, uh, I feel like it would look like it's going to hit me in the face. My four hybrid kind of already does that, but I could I could just imagine that the, that the seven hybrid just looks like the ball is going to pop up and hit you straight in the face. But I am excited that they're doing it because it will help the uh, the higher handicap player and, and the, the slower in the – the slower swing player. I think that's great. Um, those people are what makes are what make golf courses function. They're the ones that pay their their daily green fees and things like that. All right, so now we have one of the kind of weirdest clubs in in the bag for most people. It's a uh, it's what Ping calls a crossover. Most people call them driving irons. So as we all know, a hybrid is a mix of a fairway wood and an iron. And you combine those and you get a hybrid of sorts. And what you get is a club that has the, that's the length of an iron, really, with the looks of a very tiny fairway wood. But what the driving iron does is it flips that script, right? It combines a fairway wood with an iron but they give you the iron looks. So it's much thinner. It doesn't look as hollow. It's um, got much more of an iron look to it than a hybrid or a fairway wood model would. So um, they're a really interesting concept. I actually have one from Shrixon, but I hit my hybrid better, so I don't play it that much. Um, what's nice about them is they fly low. They don't spend much. They go a mile. Um, and so Ping has had one for a while. They actually don't call it a driving iron. They call it a crossover. Um, the G410 was a nice move forward from their last one, but uh, this may be another step in the right direction for Ping. Uh, the biggest thing that Ping's promoting with this is something they're calling a sound rib. Now, I know to most people that doesn't sound like a big deal, like, what the hell does a sound rib, how is that a performance increase? Um, but the biggest component of feel is sound. Um, 
even with putters, you put a blindfold on somebody and ask them what feels soft, what feels hard. If you if you put a blindfold on them and you uh, give them headphones, they can't tell you the difference. One of the biggest things in the golf industry is this idea that sound is feel and feel is sound, right? Um, for me, personally, on the uh, hollow head ping irons, the I-500 and things of that nature, the crossover, um, I think they sound awful. I think they just sound terrible. They're, they're high pitch. It's this high pitch like dink sound, and I just I hate it so much. Um, it actually... I, I wouldn't be able to play the i500s if I had access to them because of that sound. We we had some when I was working at the golf company. We had a set, and my one of my coworkers actually um, hot melted it. So he got rid of that terrible sound, and the iron just it sang. It had more of a thud sound. It sounded more like an iron, and it was it performed really well, and it was a great iron. But we had to work with swing weights and do things like that and it would just be better if it didn't sound like that from the from the start it just that high pitched ting sound really made the club feel much harsher than it probably is but it was a serious no-go for me like i said that uh if they're smart that that new sound ribs are going to really dampen the sound um if it doesn't the the crossover is going to be a no-go for me i know it sounds stupid to say clubs out completely on sound alone but it, it just it just made the club feel feel terrible too another big change that uh ping has introduced with the crossover is going to be the looks so the previous crossovers had this hydro pearl finish that almost looked chrome like a like a mist it almost looked frosted i think is the way to say it it was this frosted look club and i i personally loved the way it looked um but it kind of wore out quick and people didn't like it very much because it did look it looked very used very quick well for the people that didn't like it pings moved away from that chrome hydro pearl and uh decided to re release the crossover and a black hydro pearl finish kind of like the ones that are seen on that glide 2.0 stealth version it's all black it looks beautiful I think it's a good-looking club. I prefer the chrome frosted look, but the stealth mode looks good. Um, the black, the 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 way, the the problem people have with black finishes though is they look worn out super quick. Um, it, it after you go to the range a couple of times, it's really worn out looking. It looks like the club has been used three thousand times. And especially down here in Texas, we have very sandy soil, almost like a clay. But our ranges, we just have to keep putting in sand and sand and sand. And those, those sandy range balls just do a number on you. And so, me personally, I like the way it looks. Kind of that bottom half of the club is, is faded out. And it just, I, I think it looks cool. I like that used look. It looks like you can hit the, you hit the ball really well. Um, but yeah, some people like their clubs to look new and they don't like that. So I I like to wear a spot, but some people don't. So if you don't like a black club because of the wear, this may not be the club for you either. Now, as I was saying a bunch earlier in the podcast is 
Um, it's a bunch of small improvements on the club. Nothing too major, man. The crossover appears to be no different than any other one, right? Um, they've they've tweaked some of the small, some of the weight. They they've doing small weight changes. Um, they've increased the MOI by four percent. Um, they've also been able to thin the face out. Thinner faces mean higher ball speeds, and they were able to thin it by another seven percent. Um, it doesn't sound like much, but overall, more ball speed most of the time equals more distance. So. Um, increased forgiveness, more ball speed. Is it a substantial amount? Probably not. But is it enough that the club's interesting and if you're in the market for one, you should take a look at it? Absolutely. I got to say my favorite part of the of the crossover is the fact that Ping is kind of acknowledging that, they're, that they're, um, their clubs sound terrible. Their hollow body stuff sounds, sounds absolutely terrible. And what's interesting is on the Japanese website for the crossover it's a very large part of their marketing material this new sound rib that they have um, with that being said i would assume that that means it's going to play a large role in their u.s marketing i really hope it does and i hope that gets people excited for the for the club and finally we got the g425 iron and the g series irons are there are definitely their game improvement iron but i gotta say um, I'm a big fan of the G series. I, I couldn't play them. There's a little bit too much offset, but I've seen the results that they provide for people starting at the G 20. While it may have been a big giant fat iron that, uh, was ugly as hell. Um, it was a great performer and people, it was, it was click and shoot. Now what's interesting about the G 425 is they're still using that stainless steel that they always have. Ping's always been known as a company that uses stainless steel in their irons, and they've never really been big on using a carbon steel. It's They're one of the only companies that don't even, they hardly even offer a carbon steel. They're kind of the masters of the 17.4 stainless steel. They've actually re-engineered it a little bit. They've they've worked on their, on their um, casting method, and what it's going to do is it's going to make it a little bit stronger, which is going to increase the... Uh, what they what the Ping Japanese website translates to deflection, I would imagine that's kind of ball speed. So um, it's going to be nice to see them really work on that and um, get you some more ball speeds through a nicer through a nicer face and stronger stronger steel. The other one of the other things that they're really talking about quite a bit on the Ping Japan website is this new badge that they have. Um, it's kind of dumb to really promote a piece of plastic, but Ping is saying it's a sound tuning badge. Now that's something that they've used in some of their older irons, going back to the I10s, I15s. They had some badges on the back that really helped them with swing weight issues, as well as um, producing. A nice sound. That stainless can get a little tingy sometimes. If you've ever putted with a stainless steel putter, most of you have more than likely. But if you've ever done that, there's a little bit of a ting sound that comes with that stainless steel. And they've always put in some kind of sand, sound dampening in the back of the club. And it looks like this one, they've kind of re-engineered it so that it produces a really solid, soft sound. So it's going to be really interesting to see how they continue to promote that. Really, at the end of the day, it's kind of just a piece of plastic, but it has increased the, uh, what they're saying is it suppresses the vibration at impact, gives it better feel, 
and they've increased the installation of that badge by 54%. So really they've made that badging larger. That way they can really get that maximum feel for the, for the player. Another big thing they're promoting on their website is the fact that they've really changed the weight of this club. They've really uh, added more weight out on the toe and, and their sole has been redesigned to really pull weight down low and get you that weight in the, in the toe as well. Everything that I'm seeing is um, really promotes that wide sole that Ping G Series irons are known for. It, it's also it's also interesting that Ping hasn't gone too far with their loft jacking. I, I tend to play mine at around 46 degrees, my pitching wedge at about 46 degrees. This one's a 44 and a half with a gap wedge at 49 and a half. So that's really going to give some players options, and it's not overly jacked where, you know, we're seeing a pitching wedge that's 43, 42, something like that, like some other companies do. As far as the looks of this club, that silver and black again comes through, and it looks great. The top line doesn't look too, doesn't look too wide. It does a good job of hiding that wide sole. Um, I bet you in the lower irons, like a nine iron and a pitching wedge, there's going to be quite a bit of offset and even quite a bit of bulk on the top line. But overall, the seven iron picture that they have doesn't look bad. I'm not a huge fan of it, but again, it's not designed for somebody like me who wants something a little bit smaller and more compact. So that's pretty much it for the ping lineup this week. Um, that's going to be all five. You can follow the blog. And on the blog, I, I go a little bit more in depth on these items. We're doing one a day. Um, so be on the lookout for it. Just kind of pay attention and go read up on these things. If you're not familiar or you're listening to this four weeks from when I recorded it on Labor Day, go back, go read what I have to say on it. and You'll get some, some interesting insights on these. Now that we've talked ping and we've finished up ping week and we're we're wrapping it up, something interesting came out today on the uh, USGA on the USGA conforming list, and that's the new Titleist driver. Titleist, their driver, their nine ten driver was one of the best drivers that had ever been released. It was a cult classic; everybody loved it. If you could get your hands on one, it it, it had a great shape. It looked great. It felt great. It performed well. But ever since then, they really have kind of fallen behind until they released the TS series, which I want to say stood for Tour Speed. That series really kind of brought Ping or brought Titleist back into the main fold for, for drivers. The the 13, the 15, and the 17 weren't great, if we're being honest. They 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 just weren't very good. But um Titleist looks to continue the momentum that they had with that TS series by re releasing the TSI series. Now, we don't know much about them yet, but we do have some pictures and some some initial initial things that we, that we do know. So the first thing is they're going to be called the TSI series. So there's a TSI 2 and a TSI 3. And so far, the looks of them are are very nice from the crown from the top down view so at a dress position it's got a beautiful shape the drivers have this beautiful kind of pear shape that um, 
it's not too big. It's not too small. The alignment aid just says TSI. It looks really nice. And the the another crazy thing about the looks of this club is the face. I don't know what they've done with the face. It has a stamping that says ATI. Um, who knows what that means? When I see AI in in the same thing, I think artificial intelligence. Kind of something like what Callaway was doing with the Maverick lineup where they tuned the faces to different lofts and different clubs and things like that. It's it's kind of trippy looking. There's lines all over it. It's it's very futuristic looking. This whole club series is very futuristic looking. The TSI 2 is it's got a rear weight. It's white on the back. It may be silver, but these pictures kind of look white. It's got a it's got just a single weight, non-adjustable, anything like that on the back. You can adjust it for swing weight purposes, make it a little bit heavier, things like that, but you can't move it from side to side. Titleist actually hasn't ever had an adjusting weight driver that slid from like a sliding mechanism. They've had those rods the last couple of years where you could kind of unscrew one in and kind of flip it and that put it into a draw setting and, and things like that. But they never really had a sliding weight until the TSI 3 driver came out. So we don't know much about it, but looking at it so far... Looks like we have a sliding weight with five different settings on the back. Anything from a draw to a fade. There's some middle sections, things like that. The the TS the TSI3 is the is the better player's head. It's beautiful. I it's got a nice compact head. It, it it's got a deep face. It it's Honestly, so far from everything I've seen, I like it more than I like the ping driver. Uh, definitely in terms of shape. But I do... It, it'll be interesting to see what Callaway and TaylorMade come out with. But this one right now, is it's it's going to be up there for, for a lot of people. It's, it's really nice. The pictures do it a lot more justice than I can. But we got... We got some really futuristic looking clubs from Titleist right now. Um, with with technology really moving forward in terms of what we can do with artificial intelligence and, and CAD and computer design and things like that, we're really going to start seeing some cool stuff come out of this space uh, for, for drivers. We're going to see a lot of advanced materials. We're going to see a lot of advanced faces a lot of science and and uh, design things are going to come up some people may say that takes the artistry out of club design and club work things like that i couldn't disagree more um i think that this is the next evolution of it it's the other really interesting thing on these is they're both drivers are going to have accompanying fairway woods the ts2 or the tsi2 fairway wood Looks like a shorter version, like just a smaller version with more loft of the driver. There's nothing too crazy about it. Um, it's a good looking head. All I've really seen of it, though, is the USGA things. So you can't you can't see much on it. Now, what's interesting is the TSI three has a very large weight in the middle of the club head. 
So what that's going to do is that's going to push the CG forward, low launch, low spin, things like that. But it looks like it has some settings as well. So the weight's massive. Almost almost as big as the M5 one, as that M5 weight was. So it's going to be interesting to see how much weight you can actually move and how far you can move it. It's also interesting that they took the weight from there. They may have been able to move it back and increase the forgiveness or something like that. So once we see more pictures of it and we see a little bit more technology, I'll definitely keep you guys updated. But overall, Timeless has got some good-looking stuff that could be coming down the line this year. If they if they figure out their, their woods, they could be a contender for a bag top to bottom. It's going to be really interesting to see what they what what they come up with. All right, everybody. So that is this week's episode. If you have any questions about the new Ping series, or you want to ask me any questions about the podcast or any any club related questions, club fitting, club technology, anything like that, I would love to answer some questions. So please, please, please send them to me. Send your questions in. Let's get this thing going. Now, to send me questions, you'll want to find me on social media. You can find me on Facebook at The Green Fee. You can find me on Instagram at The Green Fee. And then you can also find me on Twitter at The Green Fee One. Unfortunately, somebody already had The Green Fee. I wish Twitter would give me the account, but unfortunately, they won't. So, The Green Fee One, you can find me on there. So, Until next week, hit them straight, and good luck out there.